today we're going to be talking about the blood of Jesus Christ. You know, the shedding of the blood of Jesus cleanses us from our sins. You know, he, he shed his blood. He's the one who did all the suffering, and yet we what? We receive forgiveness of our sins. I'd like to first start in the, the book of Matthew, and we're going to start in chapter 1. So if you turn Matthew chapter 1, we're going to read, read verses 21 through 23. Matthew chapter 1, verses 21 through 23. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. And as we look at verse 21, and it says that she's going to bring forth a son, and they're going to call his name Jesus, and he shall save what? His people from their sins. Now, I want us to understand by his people is not meant all of mankind, because not all of mankind are his people, because they were the ones that his father had given unto him. They are those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. But he's talking about what? The elect of God. The elect of God. You know, whether Jew or Gentile, doesn't make any difference. Rich or poor, anything given to him by God, his Father. And these are the ones that what? He saves from their sins. We realize how important that is for us because we know there are some out in the world that are not being saved from their sins. You know, in Ephesians chapter 2, it says, You have thee quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. you got to remember there's some that are still dead in their trespasses and sins and will stay dead in their trespasses and sin. Remember in the book of Revelation, what, is, what does it say? The books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And what does it say in, in Revelation? And those whose names were not found written in the book of life were cast into the lake of fire. If you look in the Old Testament, Brother Roger, how many times would they, did they sit there? Some of the times when Israel was led into captivity and they came back in and they had to show that they were actually a part of the nation of Israel. And some of them, they couldn't prove their lineage. And they were cast out. They were not allowed in. But aren't you thankful that your name's been written in the Lamb's Book of Life? And you know that you're going to go. Like we were talking about death. I know it's not fun to talk about it. But we do know where we're going to be. We're going to be with him in immortal glory. And it's, it's so good when we see that he is going to save his people from their sins. And we can see this was all by prophecy. You know, we look into the Old Testament. The Old Testament foretells of the New Testament. And the New Testament is what, Brother Rogers, fulfilling of the Old Testament. All these prophecies that are out there. Because he says, by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, 
and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. So Jesus Christ was God incarnate in the flesh. And a virgin, never heard of, was it, Brother Roger? Never heard of that a virgin was going to have a child. And he went so far as to say, you know what? She's going to give bring forth a son. And they're going to call his name Emmanuel, which is God with us. Remember, we look with Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. How many times did Jesus, did Jesus want to heal somebody? What does he say? Thy sins be forgiven thee. And all these people are sitting there scratching their heads and wonder, who is this guy? Only God can forgive sins. But what does it say here? God is with us. Jesus Christ. It's awesome when we look at this, isn't it? Turn to chapter 26 of Matthew. I'm trying to keep this as we go through the scriptures. Matthew chapter 26. <clears throat> We're going to look at 26 through 29. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it, for this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. I wrote down a note when I was I was doing some study and said the New Testament is exhibited and established what? In the blood of Jesus Christ. He's the testator. He's the testator. So being the testator, you don't have to turn there real quick. I'm gonna I'm gonna go to Hebrews. Unless you want to go there, Hebrews chapter nine. If you want to, I'll get there. Hebrews chapter 9. I don't know how many verses I'm going to read. Probably 16 and 17. For where a testament is, there must also of necessity be the death of the testator. For a testament is of force after men are dead, otherwise it is of no strength at all while the testator liveth. So the testator of the New Testament is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. So of necessity there had to be the death of the testator, which was Jesus Christ. That is why Jesus Christ had to die upon the cross. When he's talking here about the New Testament, you know, it's just, this is my blood of the New Testament. He is the New Testament. He's the one who lived and bled and died. But it just didn't end there, Carl. I know he said on the cross, he said, it is finished. But that was the redeeming work of what he accomplished upon the cross. He wasn't done yet, was he, Brother Roger? Remember when that stone was rolled away? And the women went in there. And there was no body there. He was risen. You know, we have that up from the grave he arose with a mighty triumph over his foes. He went up 
Remember we read in the thing when we were reading earlier and he said, you know what? That the what the apostles were going to what? Sit on 12 thrones and judging Israel. So Jesus went up there, sat upon the right hand of his father. It's, it's awesome when we see these things and realize that he did this for each and every one of us. You know, in the Old Testament talked about, it talks about that the people were not to eat the blood. Eat the blood. He says, blood is the life. And if we realize it, we look at it today, how true that is. If we have no blood in our system, we're going to die. And if you look at what do we talk about, it's all the heart. So what keeps that blood circulating through our body? It's our heart. Our heart. That's how important it is for us. Our heart. All of these things. It comes down to the heart when we look at it. Uh, turn to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5, we're going to look at 17 through 19. The Apostle Paul wrote, For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification. For as by one man's obedience, many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. So we look at this and we can see that is by one man's offense, Adam was sinning in the Garden of Eden. You know, it says, for all of sinned and come short of the glory of God. And that is true. For all have sinned. All of us have sinned and we do come short of the glory of God. But remember what we read in Matthew and what it is here. Look in verse 19. So by the obedience of one shall many be made righteousness. We realize that many are made righteous through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You know, Jesus Christ did not die upon the cross for all of mankind. That's what a lot of people want you to believe. They also want to believe in, in free will instead of free grace. But we do know one thing, Susie, is that not one drop of his blood was shed in vain. He's not going to waste it on the ungodly. It's for his people that he shed his blood upon the cross. You know what? It's, it's just amazing as we look at that. You know, it was freely shed upon that cross. You know, if we look at the one song, 
It's, I think it's one, song number 124. And it's, there is a fountain. And it says that, that filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. And as sinners plunged beneath that flood, lose all their guilty stains. You know, look, look at when it talks about the dying thief rejoiced to see that fountain in his day. I hope that blood was shed for me and washed my sins away. Here, here was what I was kind of trying to allude to was, dear dying lamb, thy precious blood shall never lose its power till all the ransomed church of God be saved to sin no more. Ere since by faith I saw the stream, thy flowing wounds supply. Redeeming love has been my theme and shall be till I die. When this poor lisping, stammering tongue lies silent in the grave, then in a nobler, sweeter song I'll sing thy power to save. You know, when we look at these things and we can see this, it's amazing when we can see it. You know, till all the ransomed church of God, we got, we, we really need to understand that there's, it's the Lamb's book of life is not continuously evolving. You know what I mean, Brother Roger? He's not, God's not adding names to that Lamb's book of life day by day by day. When he wrote it there, he wrote all those names in the Lamb's book of life. And when he got to that last name, he stopped. I don't know if he's got it in alphabetical, chronological order or whatever. All I'm, I, I ain't gonna worry about things like that. I'm just, I'm just glad that I'm, I'm hoping my name's in that, in that, in that book and whatever. And when it says to all the ransomed church of God, there's gonna come a day when that last name, understand what I'm saying? There's gonna come a day when that last name is in there. There's not gonna be any more names that are in there. And when that happens, I believe, and we don't know when that's going to happen, right, brother? Because because when that happens, I think that's going to start the end times. That's that's my own feeling. I don't know if I could really prove it. So it's something that Dave, I just I just feel in my heart, and that it's it's going to uh, start a chain of events, and we don't know that because no one knows the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ. But aren't we thankful that it's going to come a day? There is coming a day. And I'm, I'm looking forward to that day. And if it doesn't happen in my lifetime, it, it will happen sooner or later. Uh, turn to Ephesians chapter 1. As we go through these things, how important the blood of Jesus Christ is for each and every one of us. <clears throat> Ephesians chapter 1. Verses 6 and 7. To the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He hath made us accepted in the Beloved, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. And I, I really do, I've come to appreciate the writing style of the Apostle Paul, and it's His grace, isn't it? It's, it's all His grace. For by grace are you saved. That's His grace. It's a free gift of God. Wherein He, God, hath made us. 
see when Paul puts there, he's us, he's including himself, the, us, accepted in the beloved. You know, we know somebody's churches that believe in free will, that you need to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. I'm going to accept him. He needs to accept me. We got to make that. We got to fully understand this. He's made us accepted into beloved. And look in verse seven. In whom, in whom we have redemption through His blood. We have redemption. Remember what I said when I said He sheds His blood, and we receive forgiveness of our sins. And that's what it says here. We receive the forgiveness of our sins. But it's not nothing we have done or could have done or will do in our life. It's according to the riches of His grace. And it is amazing when you can see it's according to the riches of His grace that before the foundation of the world, He wrote actual names in the book of life. Now, I'm not talking just 2,000 years ago, Brother Roger. You understand? I'm not talking 2,000 years ago when Jesus died. We're talking before the foundation of the world. Before the foundation of the world. So let's just for sake say that was another 2,000 years. So we'll say 4,000 years ago, before he even created this world, he wrote that Lamb's book of life. And he knew William Kegabine. You know, he knew Susan Kegabine. Okay? Even though her name, maiden name was Whitfoot, but when she came to know the Lord, she was a Kegabine. So that's what name was in there. See, the God knew everything. He knows everything about it. Just like Mabel was a Whitfoot. Well, now she's a forest. You know, Brother Re- tongue got tied. Brother Leroy is talking about the attributes of God. One of his attributes, he's omniscient. Omniscient means he knows everything. He knew the beginning from the end. So that means he knows everything in between. He knows everything that happened when you were born, when you got married, when you had children, and he knows the day you're going to die. He knows everything. You know, when we look at it, it's, what, 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 what an awesome God we really do serve. He's so good unto us, isn't he? You know, even before the foundation of the world, he knew that Adam was going to fall, and he already had that plan of salvation ready to enact it. He knew. He knew before the foundation of the world. Remember, in John, what does it say? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was there at the beginning of all of that. He knew that the only perfect sacrifice for sins was Jesus Christ. He knew that. That's why he sent him into the world, to die for your sins. Turn to Colossians chapter 1. Verse 14. It's pretty much, I guess I gotta start reading and look at it because Brother Leroy said Ephesians and Colossians are really close. 
because it says here, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. We have redemption. We have been set free. We're free. And if you've been set free by Jesus, you're free indeed. You really are. You are so free. I just wanted to bring that out to just kind of show you. It's, it's that in whom? In whom? In whom? Who is the whom? It's God, it's Jesus Christ. In whom we have redemption because he says through his blood. So we know that's Jesus Christ that he's talking about here. You know, when we look, when we're reading the scriptures, they don't have to say exactly who it is because we should fully understand, Carl, is who it is that he's talking about here. In whom we have redemption through his blood. It doesn't have to say Jesus Christ's blood. We know it's his because it's his blood. And he's the only one that shed his blood for his people. Even the forgiveness of sins. We look back and said, who can forgive sins but God? There we go. Jesus Christ. We look at these things and we can fully understand. This is like, this is why I, I think, I hope we're continuing to not just read the Bible, but study out the Bible and the things that are in here. <clears throat> All right, we're going to go to the, the book of, of Hebrews, and I've got quite a few things in Hebrews that we're going to go and read and look at. First, we're going to look in, in chapter 9. We've got a lot there. I could probably read the whole chapter, but we're just going to go through certain sections of it and see the things that are in here. Hebrews chapter 9, first place we're going to look at is, is verse 7. But into the second went the high priest alone once every year, not without blood, which he offered for himself and for the, the heirs of the people. When we look at that, we can see went the second, that's in the holiest of holies. The high priest went in once a year. to offer a sacrifice for the sins of the people. So he had to go in with blood. Got to remember, this is in the Old Testament. Look in verse 8. The Holy Ghost, this signifying, is showing by this that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest or opened while as the first tabernacle was yet standing. Was yet standing. So there's going to come, remember, when Jesus Christ was crucified on the cross, what was one of the things that happened, Brother Roger? The veil. The veil was rent in two from the top to the bottom. Showing that this was done away with by the blood of Jesus Christ. Look at, we're going to read verses 11 through 14. But Christ being come and high priest of good things to come by greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal, eternal redemption for us. For, For if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of an heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifieth or sets apart to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, 
who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God. Purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. So we look at it. In verse 12, it's not by the blood of goats and calves. It's not by that. But by his own blood, he entered in. We understand this next word, once. He entered in once. It, excuse me, into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. Remember when we read earlier in Hebrews, it said that the, the high priest had to go in what? Once a year. Once a year he had to go in. Every year he had to go in and offer the blood for the sins of the people. But it's telling us here that through Jesus Christ, he entered in what? Once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. No longer did Jesus Christ, he didn't have to be sacrificed once a year as it was in the Old Testament. He did that once in a way. He obtained eternal, eternal redemption for us. Well, look at Paul. Here is for us. Now, the for us was added. But for if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of an heifer, sprinkling the unclean, sanctifieth to the purifying of the flesh, that means they're setting apart. Remember, you read in the Old Testament, what did they do, Brother Roger? They took a, I think in the, I think in the Old Testament, it's a red heifer. And they took it outside of the camp and burned it completely. And those ashes were used for the purifying. So he's saying, you know, for if, for if. So we have to understand saying for if. But now he says, so how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God. I want us to understand he offered himself. They didn't take his life. He gave his life. He offered himself. He offered himself to die for his people. He offered himself to die for his people, for us. Offered himself without spot to God. Remember, it had to be without spot, the perfect sacrifice for sin. And there was only one, Jesus Christ. Purge your conscience. Purge your conscience. Clean your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. This is why we serve God. This is why we serve Jesus Christ. Because of these things. It's amazing when we look at these. Turn to verse 22. And almost all things are by the law purged without blood. And without shedding of blood is no remission. So there had to be the shedding of blood. We've seen that in the Old Testament. It was a yearly thing. We've seen the daily sacrifices that were going on. Without the shedding of blood is no remission of sins. That's why Jesus Christ had to die upon the cross for our sins. He shed his blood for his people. Remember book of Matthew. And he shall save 
his people from their sins. How was he going to save his people from their sins? By the shedding of his blood upon the cross. That's what he did for each and every one of us. We're going to read 24 through 28. For Christ has not entered into the holy places made with hands, which are the figures of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. Now that for us has not been added. That is for us. That was in the original text. Nor yet that he should offer himself often, remember we were just talking about that, as the high priest entereth into the holy place every year with blood of others. For then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world. But now once in the end of the world hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And as it, yeah, and as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. There's a whole lot of things contained right in this, and I probably just preached just a message on this. We can see in verse 27, it is appointed unto men once to die. We're all going to die. We're all going to die. Look what it says, though. But after this is the judgment. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of, what does it say? Many. It doesn't say to bear the sins of all. To bear the sins of many. And unto them that look for him. For all that the Father hath given me shall come unto me. And of all that come to me, I will lose not one. You've been given by the Father to him. And unto them that look for him. That's us. That's the peculiar people the Bible talks about. That look for him, shall he appear the second time. He's going to come again, second coming. He's going to come without sin unto salvation. He's still that perfect sacrifice. What does the Bible say? He was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. And the only way that we're going to be able to stand before God and that day of judgment is because of what Jesus Christ did for us. Fully and totally understand what I'm saying today. You had nothing to do with it. That, see, that's what's wrong. The world doesn't like to hear that, Brother Roger, that they have nothing to do with it. Because they think that they're in control. God is in control. What is that little plaque? God's got it, doesn't he? He's got it. He's got it. Let me tell you. He's taking care of us. Such, so awesome as he is for each and every one of us. Turn to, uh, chapter 10 of Hebrews. We're going to read verse four. So we need to understand this, that it's, you know, for it is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sins. We, un we need to understand that in the Old Testament, the old things of sacrifice, all those ordinances are done away with in Jesus Christ. They're all done away with in Jesus Christ. And we're so thankful that we can See these things that he, that he talks to us about, that he tells us. We need to look and, and re realize 
how good he is unto us. Turn to chapter 13 of Hebrews, verse 12. Let's read verses 10 through 12. We have an altar whereof they have no right to eat, which serve the tabernacle. For the bodies of those beasts, whose blood is brought into the sanctuary by the high priest, for sin are burned without the camp. Wherefore, Jesus also, that he might sanctify or set apart the people with his own blood, suffered outside the gate. <coughs> Remember, when they, they took him to Calvary, and they took him. That was outside of the city where he died. He died upon the cross. For each and every one of us might sanctify, set apart the people with his own blood. It's just amazing as we see what Jesus Christ has done for us. Turn to First Peter chapter 1. And read verses 18 and 19. For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain or your empty manner of life, your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Isn't it we see this? We're not redeemed with corruptible things. We're not redeemed by silver and gold. People in this world today have more money than I could ever dream of, but that's not going to buy them a spot in heaven. You know, we see so many people today with some of these rocket ships that are going up. And these people pay a lot of money. They pay a lot of money to get a spot on that rocket ship. I call it a rocket ship. Take them up and they come back down. But you know, when we look at it and we see what Jesus Christ did for us, we have got a spot that's reserved for us in heaven. And when we go up there, we're not coming back down. We're going to be with him. When we look at that, it's so awesome when we look at that. Turn to 1 John chapter 1. First John chapter 1, verse 7. Let's go to verse 6. If we say that we have fellowship with him, and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sins. So where we need to be walking in the light? We are children of the day, not children of the night. We're walking in the day as he is in light. We have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. 
it's amazing when we look at these things and go through this. You know, we, we sing that song. I think it's, I think I got it wrote down here, 557. Ah, there we go. You know, it says, it's, it, well, it's titled Nothing But the Blood. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. For my pardon, this I see, nothing but the blood of Jesus. For my cleansing, this my plea, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Nothing can for sin atone. Remember we talked about, it's not with corruptible things, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Not of good that I have done, nothing but the blood of Jesus. This is all my hope and peace, nothing but the blood of Jesus. This is all my righteousness, nothing but the blood of Jesus. It's, it's nothing but the blood of Jesus, isn't it? That's it. It comes down to something just like that. Lastly, turn to Revelation chapter 1. We're going to read verses 4 and 5. John to the seven churches which are in Asia. Grace be unto you in peace from him which is and which was and which is to come. And from the seven spirits which are before his throne. And from Jesus Christ who is the faithful witness. And of the first begotten of the dead. And the prince of the kings of the earth. Unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Jylan, John, he's on the island of Pat, he's receiving the revelation. Unto him that loved us and washed us. Realize that? Unto him. Unto him that loved us. He loved us. He loved us. And washed us from our sins. In his own blood. He's made us whiter, whiter, more pure than any fuller could ever make a garment white. We're made white in the blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He's so good to us. And when we look at it, it's, it's amazing what he does for us. Like I said, we need to give thanks. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. I think there's that one in, in, in the Psalms that goes on like, I don't know how many different times. Give thanks unto him. He's so good unto us. His mercy endures forever. And he's there for us each and every day, in spite of ourselves. We, today, this week, we need to give thanks for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I thank you for your kind attention today. Does anybody have a song in closing? One thirteen.